It's great to see everyone. You're all very welcome this morning. We can feel the presence of the Lord within ourselves, within our hearts, but also amongst the church, amongst the fellowship this morning. So praise the Lord. From this passage here, the parable of the rich fool. So thank you very much for all your thoughts. It's really helpful, really helpful for this morning's sermon. So Jesus wanted to show the people the way by speaking in parables, by giving them short lessons, teaching them to bring them from the darkness into the light. And that was his purpose. And it's captivating to see how Jesus spoke to people back then. And it's so valid now after 2,000 and so years. You know, agriculture, farming, was a daily um, you know, custom in people's lives back then. There was a lot of agriculture in Galilee. That's how people lived at that time. And the title of Parable of Rich Fool might make some people think this applies only to millionaires or something. But the parable of rich fool, as you rightly said, has a lot to do with our attitude towards money, and that may have an impact on our relationship with God. So it applies actually to all of us. It's about greed, about, um, not about wealth, not about rich, not about people's basic needs that are being met. And God does not expect someone to live in poverty at all. His will for us is actually to trust him, that he will provide for us. So let's look at the verses that we just read and uh, meditate and uh, dig out a bit more what God was trying to tell us, what God uh, told the people back then. It says in verse 13, someone in the crowd. And this teaches us that it can be anyone. Anyone with a burden issue, anyone who has a question, and we look at that man problem, it was something material, something uh, with an inheritance. And let's remember, Jesus didn't come to resolve our material problems or to give us advice on taxation or VAT or something along those lines. There are laws and advisors for that. The main purpose of Jesus, he came to give us the message of salvation. To seek the kingdom of God first, he used to say, and all other things will be given on top of that. That was his key message. So we look in in people's lives, and I saw from my experience, and I had a, a young man telling me once, you know, if you ask God to give you some material things, you may be upset when he doesn't answer. This young man came to me, and said once, look, I don't understand God. I'm so upset. I'm praying for this girl to be my girlfriend, you know, and nothing happens. And I prayed for so many times, and I know this is uh, God's will for me, and I'm so disappointed. And I thought to myself, I didn't tell, I didn't tell him, you know. With that mindset, I think God is protecting the poor girl, you know. <laughs> because he said, doesn't know the scripture tells us that ask whatever you want in my name and it shall be given to you. Yes, the scripture says that. But if you take verses out of context, you can be upset. Because also, I said in James 4.3, God says, what you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So again, it's about our attitude when we're asking God for things. Carrying on, verse 15, Jesus said, watch out. 
Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. As you said around the tables, life is not about possessions. And the real problem Jesus is dealing here with is the greed. There is nothing wrong with having possessions. We just need to make sure those possessions don't have us. That's the lesson here. And the question that needs to be asked is, how do we know when greed settles in in our lives? And there are some questions to ask ourselves, not necessarily to give an answer now. Are you ever content with what you have? Do you look for comfort in material possessions? Do you feel like you always have to get more and you are stressed about it? Is the pursuit of things consuming you and makes you envy when you look at other people's lives and getting envy with what they have? Those are the control questions, if, if you like, key questions for us, for us. And the Bible doesn't say don't get better for an increase in your income or a promotion at work. You know, if you could make more money, go for it. But I think the, the parable here it tells us to do it in the right way, the right attitude, being content with where we are in life and give thanks to God for the blessings he brings in our lives. The scripture, actually, in the scripture, we can find verses and advice about planning ahead, about savings, about investment even. And God wants his people to be wise. So let's read just a few verses. For example, in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 30, he says in here, especially for those working in project management, I think this is a very good advice. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? After he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So this is about the right judgment. In Proverbs 21, verse 20, it says, the wise stores up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp up theirs down. In Proverbs 21 verse 5 also says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste or waste leads to poverty. So this teaches us to have the right attitude and stay generous. Guard our hearts for the desires that are coming in our lives not to become an obsession, and not to lose sight of our relationship with God in the process. Giving thanks to God and be grateful and love Jesus more. Looking at verse 16 going forward, it says, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So in this statement here, we can see that the rich fool didn't ask for extra Harvest. He didn't ask for an extra blessing in his life. It was given to him by God as a blessing. He didn't ask for it. And God, that's what he does in our lives. Even for things we don't ask for, he blesses us abundantly. And in James verse 17 in chapter 1, and maybe we can say this together. I'll read it first, and then you can repeat after me. It's such a powerful verse. He says, every generous act of giving and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father who made the heavenly lights, 
in whom there is no inconsistency or shifting shadow. How powerful is this verse? All the blessings, everything we have, all the good things in our life are coming from God the Father. So let's read together. I'll read a bit and then if you repeat this to see the powerful statement here. Every generous act of giving, every generous act of giving, and every perfect gift is from above, and every perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father, and comes down from the Father, who made the heavenly light, who made the heavenly light, in whom there is no inconsistency, in whom there is no inconsistency, or shifting shadow, or shifting shadow. Amen. So let's ask ourselves this morning the question, what is our reaction when God blesses our lives with things that we didn't ask for? Unexpected gift of money, an inheritance, a great deal to a car, a bargain on an item in our house, or maybe when you sell something on eBay that you know, is sitting somewhere in a corner in your house that you don't even need, and you make such a nice profit from it on eBay. Or you know, maybe some... Uh, errors in your tax calculations and suddenly you find yourself with some money in your account. What is our first reaction? Maybe more people are saying maybe, oh, I'm so smart. I deserve this. Yes, I'm so skilled. Or maybe our first reaction should be, praise the Lord. Thank God for this amazing blessing in my life. What did the rich fool do? Nothing. No words of thanks. No words of praises towards God. No words of uh, being grateful at all. So that is why in our lives, when we see a blessing, let's give thanks to the Lord. What did he do to benefit from that extra blessing? Just his normal duties. He planted the seeds in the ground. Maybe he watered the land, whatever. But nothing special. He just did his responsibilities. And who made harvest to grow? It's God, isn't it? People living, making a living from agriculture and farming are more dependent on God than others. And he didn't realize that. And the scripture says that God loves everyone on this planet and gives rain, sunlight, and air to everyone. It says in Matthew chapter, 40, chapter 4, verses 43, 46, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God's love is uh, surrounding this earth. So what shall we do? We should be grateful to God and generous as well with what we're having. And Mike here knows better what it is to uh, grow some plants. And he doesn't store them up, right? He's gently sharing with us, with all of us. But I know he knows how to be grateful to God for, for the farms and for the plants growing in our garden. It's all depending on God, pretty much. You know, few freezing nights and it's all gone. Few locusts or insects or, you know, whatever may happen with those plants not to grow. So it's all in God's hands by his grace. And now, as we said, God doesn't want us to live in poverty or just to, you know, live sad, in sadness or always struggling. Actually, we shouldn't be we shouldn't feel guilty that, you know, sometimes we buy things for ourselves. Maybe a special present that you're planning to have for a long time. Enjoy that. Give thanks to God for having it, you know. 
God is not against us being fulfilled or happy. Have a lovely, wonderful dinner sometimes, a fabulous dinner, or maybe you know, a day out somewhere. Don't be guilty for that. We, you know, we work hard for those things. As soon as you invite me, of course, that, that's brilliant. So let's give thanks to God for everything that's in our hearts. As um, John said at this table, uh, you know, we are administrators of what God has put in our lives. We are looking for the things that God entrusted us with, with money, with a position, and, and all the things that we have. And let's learn not to judge what others are doing with their money or with their possessions. That's another important lesson. It is between them and God how they're administering their life, their possessions, their money. And I had a friend of mine, just a short story. He said, well, I helped the family and I brought them to my house to help them for a month or so. And then he said, you know, for free, it didn't cost them anything. And then after they left, he heard some like rumors saying, they spoke with some other friends about an expensive present he bought for himself. He said, I was saving for that item for a long time, and I just bought it for me. And they were then just judging him to others. Well, how could he spend so much money on that expensive item? And, you know, he was saddened in his heart about that. So, you know, you're trying to, to do good to others. Let's not judge what other people are doing with their uh, health, wealth or money. We should be concerned with what God has given us and should be thankful to what God has entrusted us. Verse 17, we find out what was in this man's heart. He said, he thought to himself, hmm, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. If we look at the parable, the word I, the pronoun I, my, or myself, it's found about 10 times. You can count if you want. So it's showing the selfish focus of this man's life. Selfish thinking. Me, mine, I, myself. The problem in people's lives is when they're making a decision is that they're just talking to themselves. You know, when you, you, when you have a decision to make, when you struggle with something, so many people are just talking with themselves. And we have friends, you know, with some uh, troubles in their families. But when you're not allowing gods to intervene, when you're just speaking with yourself and to one another, there is no way out of that negative circle, you see? And young people as well, you know, when they struggle with the thoughts, the tough times we live in. And uh, I read some articles saying that the suicide rate during and after COVID in all the countries was very high. Because, you know... Isolation and inward thinking brings us into much trouble. That's what happened with these men. He says he thought to himself. When we have a decision to make, don't just think to yourself. Scream, shout it, bring it in front of the Lord. Pray to the Lord out loud. Say, Lord, this is what, I'm, what I have to do. This is what the decision uh, that's in front of me. Pray for it. Speak with others. Ask other people to pray for you. Shout to the Lord. Bring your need to the Lord, and he will provide. He will help you through. Speak out. That's the lesson we're learning today. Everything, you see, everything starts in our minds. He thought to himself, and he came up with a selfish decision, self-destructing. So let's start 
to thank Lord for everything. Thank Lord for everything. And in 2 Corinthians, it says so nicely in chapter 9, verses 7, 8, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We see our gratitude, our, um, our, our attitude of being thankful starts in our minds. So let's start today to be thankful. Remember when Mary Magdalene took the expensive perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet, Jesus didn't stop and say, okay, okay, let's save some for the poor, let's save for later. You made your point, now let's keep this expensive perfume for later. No, he let her finish the work. She gave cheerfully what she had for Jesus. And the same in our lives when, you know, when we are giving cheerfully, when we are grateful, is like a nice perfume for the Lord Jesus for what we're doing. So help us, God, to be grateful and thankful. Verse 18, it says, He makes a decision. This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. He says, I have no place to store my, my crops. But he actually didn't have a place for God in his heart, we see. That's why he didn't honor God with what he received. And in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled with overflowing, and your vats will brim over with the new wine. We can see there is no generosity in this man's heart. In verses 19, he carries on and says, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, this way of thinking is so contemporary, isn't it? We always hear it, you know, TV, movies, drink, live. Enjoy the moment. Life is short. Yeah, that's it. Go for it. We clearly see the mindset of this man that Jesus was trying to deal with. Jesus was trying to bring him up from this sinful, uh, greedy nature. He was trying to free him up and enjoy the life that he has. The focus of, of this man's life and all the energy was building a greater life for himself. That was his only focus was on this life, but he neglected his eternal life. He neglected, neglected his relationship with God. And the Bible says so nicely in James chapter 4, verses 13, 14, it says, Now listen you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go this or, or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will bring what will happen tomorrow? That is, what is your life? We are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So this man didn't realize there is something more than that. Life is much more than what we have. And verses 21 and 20, but God said to him, as we remember last Sunday sermon, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 
This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. So God asked the man, if you leave tonight, who will benefit from all the riches you have? What a difference we see here between what God thought of this man and what the man thought of himself. So let's ask this morning the question, what do we think about ourselves? Is it in line with God, what God thinks about us? And in conclusions, to finalize, to conclude this message, first of all, God loves us all. God loves you. God loves me. He is not against us. He is for us. He gave, actually, he gave much more than money and wealth. He gave his son. He gave Jesus on the cross so that we may live and that we may live a fulfilled life. He just wants us to remember to get the balance right. Our life is much more than money and wealth. It's much more than position and jobs. Our life is a gift from God, and he paid the price for us to be with him forever. In Romans chapter 14, verse 8, it says, it says so powerfully, If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whatever we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Amen? That's so powerful. The great news is in John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. My friends, if we live, we live for God. If we die, we die for God. He wants us to trust him and don't be afraid of anything in this life. God is with you. God is with us. How do we store riches in heavens? You said it so beautifully. Being a blessing for each other. Being a blessing for the people around you. Praying for each other. Blessing each other. And here, here is what Paul says, which is the right mindset of every follower of Jesus. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11-13, and let's make a note of this verse. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So God bless you abundantly. God bless us all with faith, with grace. And let us remember everything we have is from him, from the Father of heavens, from the Father of lights. God bless you all. Amen.